The frustrating thing about being a golfer with a goal, whether that goal's to break 70 or 80 or 90 or 100, doesn't matter, is that when you fail to accomplish it, you're often left with the knowledge that you have the skills to do it, that you've hit the shots, you've made the putts, you just struggle to put it all together like a puzzle missing its final piece. It takes composure to do that and handling a certain amount of pressure and expectations. So that's what I talked about with Shane Ryan, my fellow Golf Digest writer, in this latest episode of the Golf IQ podcast. Hi, so Shane, so you've sorted out your backswing, hitting the ball solidly, you've gotten your putting lesson, you're feeling sharp on the greens, but of course sub 80 rounds aren't one on the driving range or on the putting green you have to take them out to the golf course you have to do it in the heat of the moment and i guess let's just start with what was your history in terms of coming close but not breaking 80 and you know what was your journey like in that from that perspective only a couple times with a real shot. And I would say two times with a real shot. And the, the funny thing is both of them ended in bunkers. And uh, there was the, my most recent chance um, after coming back from the open with this new swing thought was, um, you know, maybe a couple weeks after and came into 16. I wish I could remember exactly, but basically needing one over, I think, over the last three holes. And ended up in a front bunker on 16 with very little sand. And, you know, that's always, I, I'm an okay bunker player. I'm not terrible in the sand, but this was, you start to get in your head where you're like, there's no sand here. So what do I do? Do I chip it? Do I just try to chip it? So I tried to take a real bunker shot. Hard to say whether I screwed up or whatever, but basically bladed it over the green, ended up making double bogey. Same exact thing happened on the next hole too. You know, at that point on the next hole, it was like, well, if you go birdie, birdie, you know, you the the possibilities start to get more and more outlandish. <laughs> you're like, if I finish birdie eagle, then I can still do it. And you're like, well, <laughs> you've never gone birdie eagle in your whole life. So it seems unlikely, but well, yeah. So well, I, if I got it. If he, if he flips Texas and maybe only loses. By <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you, if, if he wins out, Alabama, which has never happened. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I blew it there. Maybe there was a time before. In fact, there's one time before I can remember where I had an outside shot, but needed to be perfect. Needed to go like par par birdie or something. And, you know, same thing, got in a bunker. And that that one in particular, I remember there was a short, I hit a brilliant drive on the short par four, had something like 50 yards left and tried to be perfect and put it in a front bunker. <laughs> it was just like, well, you blew it. That's it. Uh, so yeah, so I had a little bit, but you know, at, at the same time, those are the only two times breaking um, 80, but I also, when I started the game really wanted to break a hundred and then I wanted to break 90. So there's, you know, there were similar moments where I failed to do that all throughout. So this was a recurring thing. It's just the number changed. Um, and yeah. So that, that was kind of the history before, finally uh, finally doing it yeah and what's interesting about when you did do it is that i mean 77 like you kind of smashed through that barrier and i feel like you had a few of these false starts um in the lead up to it but you were very much trending fast in that direction after this lamprecht swing thought and um yeah i guess like you finished strong in order to do it if i'm not mistaken right like so what your last few holes you played really well yeah, so I had an amazing round going until the previous two two episodes ago. We talked about the triple bogey I made on number nine to shoot thirty nine instead of thirty six. But then everything started going great uh, on the back. I, I made a bogey to start, I think, but then I made a birdie on twelve, so I'm even through the back. And that's when I kind of first started thinking, like, wow, this even despite your blow up on nine, you could really do this. 
Uh, then I made three straight bogeys. And so what I needed to do was to go, I think, I think again, one over through the last three holes to get 79. Somebody might have to check my math, but uh, ended up making par with a great up and down on the par three. Um, then I, um, no, I'm sorry, on the par four, I made an easy par, uh, which was really necessary. Great drive and a great pitch on the, uh, um, the par three, second to last hole, I hit a tremendous lag putt and then made a five footer, which we talked about last episode. Yeah. Which I ended up doing that. And I remember you saying that that 17th hole, it, you kind of had mentally budgeted for a bogey there. You're like, that's yeah, my yeah. bogey, right? Yeah, and we were playing the back tees today, there, which is funny. And another kind of weird thing, I always play better from the back tees. I don't know why, especially at this hmm. course, but I always hit to the right on this hole. It's, you know, 190 yards, I think, to the flag. Uh, and this one, I, I did push it a little bit right, but it stayed on the fringe. Uh, and so I said, wow, this is this is different. Because I had, you're right. I was like, oh, you'll be in the right. You'll be past the bunker on the right side. You won't go up and down, but you'll get a bogey. And we'll go in being par to, on the last hole. So getting the par there, the five-foot putt, I, I considered one of the biggest shots of my day. So I came into 18 needing bogey. So it is funny where, yes, I shot a 77, but it's because I made birdie on the last hole. So even into the last hole, there's out of bounds left. It was very much in doubt. It wasn't like, oh, great. Now we're going to cruise in for an easy, an easy 77. And I made the choice to use driver because I just thought as dumb as it was in some ways, I, I was just like, you need, you've been great with this driver all day and you need to be able to hit a driver under pressure. I, you know, you want to be the person who can hit a driver under pressure. And I absolutely smashed it. I, I hit the combination of the adrenaline, I think I hit like 280, which is not normal for me. Um, then I did make a smart play. I had about 200 left into this par five, and I did make a smart play. I was going to use a four hybrid, and instead I used a five iron in what is sort of, you wouldn't even call it a layup, but something more like, you know, you're just a little more reliable with your five iron, and it's going to get you 10 yards from the hole instead of potentially on the hole. Uh, and this was an agonizing decision. I almost didn't do it. But I hit the five iron so flush that it actually got to the fringe. Um, at which point, when I saw the ball on the fringe, that's you, you all you need is a four putt for 79 there. And so that was the first time where I said, This is it's done. We, we've got 79. And um, <laughs> I think I told Sam Wyman this, but embarrassingly, like it kind of tears came to my eyes <laughs> because it was just I put so much into this. And I'm sure we'll talk about it, but I, I wanted it so, so badly. And that's when I knew I, I couldn't mess, you know, even me couldn't mess this up. Uh, and ended up hitting a beautiful lag and, and making a two and a half footer for birdie for the 77. But it wasn't, yeah, like I coasted in, right? It was like you still had to hit two really good shots on 18 to avoid uh, a potential really bad disaster that would have haunted me for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the um, the drive on 18. It's because I feel like this is kind of a recurring theme is that uh, people sometimes... I don't know there was this one. There's this coach called Todd Anderson who coaches Billy Horshaw and a bunch of tour guys, and he says that under pressure, two guys, uh, guys generally revert to their like fight or flight instincts. You know that sometimes people tend to get very locked up, and their swing gets shorter and slower, and you know more kind of just control they try to control their way out of this problem and then the other people they try to swing for the fences, swing too hard, so they each need to do the opposite. Mm -hmm. thing in some ways i don't know what your tendency is shane but to me it, if you're actively like no i'm going to commit to hitting driver here that to you is probably correcting a tendency to be too locked up too nervy 
and to want to just like baby it. And so instead you're like, no, I'm going to put myself slightly out of my comfort zone. That's going to force me to commit, uh, even though it may be like the quote unquote, like wrong shot. I don't know. What, 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 yeah. What I, I, it's funny. Cause you're, I think you're like mostly right, but then there's a weird thing I'll describe. So yes, uh, under pressure before I have hit right, which is um, a symptom for me of not finishing my swing and, you know, being tentative, trying to baby it in yeah, some yeah. respects, especially with irons. But the funny thing is that, uh, you know, a previous time when I had a chance, I also can get juiced up enough that, you know, I'll try this conservative swing, but then on the downswing, I'll just like go crazy. Right? Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like pull the ball, hook the shit out of the ball. Uh, pardon my language. Um, but just completely hook it out of bounds. But in this case, the, like I said, the driver, I think a couple episodes, we said the driver had been perfect all day, other than one shot that I hit right. I had not hooked anything. And so I said, okay, you know your swing. Where you don't want to be is out right here. Left is OB, though. So left, you're kind of scared. But I'm like, you're not going to go left. You're just not. It hasn't happened all day. You're not going to hook it. So you need to take an aggressive, easy swing, but aggressive. Like, be be committed and get the body out of the way. And I just, it, it, like, kind of, you couldn't have drawn up a more perfect drive. I, I watched it and was like, hallelujah. I knew I still had one <laughs> shot to hit, but it was like, it was like, oh, my God, I don't know where that came from, but thank you. Just absolutely mashed it down the middle. It's it, so, it's funny, because I find myself, I was talking to Sam about this, too, uh, our boss Sam Wyman, who I, I feel like sometimes confronting the fact that like failure does exist is a thing that has really helped me in golf. So yeah, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but to me, like acknowledging that the out of bounds is there and that like, you know, being confident that you're not going to hit it there. But I feel like sometimes pretending like that OB, for instance, doesn't exist. Yeah. Sometimes that can just breed like, insecurity and fear and you're trying to pretend something that literally is there isn't there and then that can kind of yeah. creep you sometimes just like looking at it in the face and being like yes the ob is there but i'm gonna mash my drive this way it just sometimes is a bit of a at least for me a mental reset on some of these things yeah and i think broadly that's so true my mom is someone who constantly and my stepdad they're you know i, I would tell them when oh, i got so close to breaking 80 and they're like why are you looking at your score I'm like, how am I not going to look at my score? Are you kidding? Like, it's just, first of all, like I'm going to add it up in my head, even if I don't look at the actual scorecard. I find, and I'm, I'm sure that advice works for some people, right? Like on PGA Tour, I never looked at a leaderboard. You're like, yeah, not for me. Like I'm, I'm very much acknowledge everything to the point of, of, you know, my brain races. And so I will stand there on 18 going, you have a chance to get a six. All you have to do is make bogey on this hole that you've birdied before for a 79. If you don't do it, you're going to feel so bad, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. like the, the catastrophe, let those thoughts come. I'm a big, I'm a big believer in let the nerves come. Yeah. There's OB over there. You could go OB and you could hate yourself walking up this fairway. You know, you could make a seven here and what a disaster that everybody would know you choked your three friends playing with you would know you choked and you'd have to have a beer with them and think about that. Like all, let, let all of these nasty thoughts come because my brain works that way. And it's like, you just say, thanks, brain. I appreciate it. Now we're going to yeah. go take this, take the swing that we want to make. And I, I think for me, the aspect of conquering nerves is acknowledging them and, and letting them come and not, not living in some fantasy world that you're going to ignore all the bad outcomes and, you know, step up there like John Wayne and, you know, be totally uh, impervious to any kind of anxiety. It's like, no, it's totally. not going to happen. you got to exist with it. You've got to exist with it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, a bit of Harry Potter wisdom here, but it's like the fear of the name 
breeds fear in the thing itself kind of thing i don't know i kind of i've always found that true with my game and i found that when you at least plug into the reality of the situation it just prevents any of these anxieties within from like taking over you know like sure i could hit my drive out of bounds sure i could hit it bad i could also hit it great so let's just try to put our best swing on this one and not to get too deep but i think there's a lot of um mental health benefit to be gained from that perspective in broader life and it's just you know this golf thing doesn't matter but the idea of fear or sadness or whatever the case is that stuff is always going to be there you know we're human beings we live (laughs) getting a little deep but we live with the reality that someday we're going to die right and that day could be today when you're walking down the street it's like this is there's going to be stuff hanging over our heads constantly, including this thing that matters very much to us in this crazy little moment of breaking 80. And it's like, that's, that's something you have to make peace with as a human being or, or, or life is going to be tough. Right. And it's, yeah. And like, it's funny because you, you know, we're golfers, but we're also humans and humans are kind of hardwired to be incredibly sensitive to threats and yes. to, you know, to be hyper aware of danger wherever it lurks. And even though hitting your ball OB is not quote unquote danger, it is your brain perceiving it as a threat and then activate its like defense mechanism for it because yes. that's how we survived as humans in the wild a billion years ago, whatever. Uh, it's, it, we're just hypersensitive to that stuff. So uh, I think there's a certain freedom that comes with simply acknowledging the reality of it. Absolutely. And yeah, it is. It's the feeling you have sitting on 18th tee is not so different from if you saw a tiger that was about to start chasing you. <laughs> like, yeah. A little bit less urgent, but the, the fear is, you know, it's fear is fear. And it's it's in the context of it. It's very real. Shane, you conquered that tiger. You outran that tiger. You should, You broke 80. Thank you so much for joining us for this batch of episodes. And hopefully the listener on the other end of these, thank you for listening, first of all, but also hopefully... This can help you glean some advice to shoot your own record round. Sweet. Sweet. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shane. Yeah, man. Thank you. That was fun.